0: I am unashamed. What about you? So you got pontoons. We built a new... We took a pontoon party barge. Oh. Where'd you I, get that? Where'd you get that? The found on the river? Junkyard. Willie, your brother, knew some people who... A lot of people, they, these things end up... Especially people who build things that float. These people build docks and the floating is part of it. Floating docks, so you even got these big floating blocks. Or you take a party barge, it's 20 feet long, 8 feet wide. And I just got to looking at it, I said, that will shoot seven duck hunters. The pontoons will hold them <laughs> Most up.
1: people are thinking party on the water, but you're thinking... Duck blind. Duck blind. I like the We boat. built
0: an apparatus. Is this
1: the first party blind, you, party boat you've ever built? No, no. Party we, we have
2: like actually a... in Duck Dynasty. That was the first party barge. That's where the is that an episode? That's right. It was an episode. Oh, I forgot that. That came not from a producer, it came right out of I'm banging <laughs> on my own head.
0: <laughs> the pontoons that the platform rides on are 20 feet long, <laughs> they're about this big, about 12, 14 inches. So I'd hold up a lot of weight. So we've got to have a boat run on this one where when the water gets up, we'll be able to get to it. We've got an attachment about a four horse outboard, a little small motor. Put it on yeah. the back. All we want to do is putter. It's built right beside this area. We're kind of thinning out the brush in, the, in an area over there. Yep. Well, I can just take that thing with that little four horse motor and put it right on out in there. It's mobile. Uh, and I've already picked a few spots where I'm going to put the blind. The ducks may say, we want to go over here. But once we ascertain where they tend to want to go, that's where the blind will I end I remember at.
1: watching the one of the episodes we did on In the Woods, and the water was up, it was, I guess a year or two ago, one of the high waters. And we did that episode of you moving those blinds around with your boat. And just me watching it, I was, it, it struck me. I thought, nobody else in America, or the world probably, is doing what dad is doing. I probably mean, not. I saw, who is, probably not. Who's moving that duck blinds around with a boat? I mean, because he had those, all these ropes tied to him. Well, and, people on a
2: party barge, they're sipping an adult <laughs> beverage. They ain't <laughs> worried about But the biggest problem with the party barge, which I'm I'm wanting to know if Phil addressed this, is when you got, let's say he said a whole seven men. Well, if you take seven men, some of them are larger than others. <laughs> And the so ducks come just don't in. not throw any stones, Jay. And somebody says, "Cut them!" When seven large men get up in a hurry, the party barge turns into what was that ride? That was the pirate <laughs> ship. Where you go? Whoa! The one side. Whoa! Because to... the first time we said "cut them," everybody just fired off in the water. Uh, the, man the man who's man.
0: The man who is currently speaking, who happens to be our blood kin, my son, your brother is is uh he's just distanced is not educated and weight so look did we not have a weight distribution problem the, the first time they were built but what you do is you make sure that you have the same amount of weight on one end where the boat is where it goes and on the other end so my point is you you're the seven men are standing right on top of one of the platforms like this it's underneath So them. we're going to have to start sitting by weight. The weight, <laughs> the weight of, of the boat house over here yeah. that's built equalizes that out where if you're right here, the weight of this would hold right there. I mean, it's big enough and wide enough. We've, we've been through all that. So, no, it's a it's – a, what, what, I, do, if if it's I have time to start weighing hard. before I'm hunting, I'm not coming. The first time I noticed that right when
2: here. we all got up and nobody fired a shot and the ducks flew off, so the second time, because you couldn't fix it in the moment. Right, right. I said, so the second bunch come in there, the backwater was up. We had moved the blind. I said, cut them. Well, they all got up. I just I just sat there. He they all got up, rocked a couple times, <laughs> and then I got up, and boom, boom. So I thought, yeah. yep. There'd
0: be no problem with that. that. That, that's the, right. been I want to
2: remember this. I don't know what today is, but
0: a, we'll document that. September,
2: last yeah, last week well, of September. Last week of September,
0: September I'm going to remember this conversation. He's talking about the distribution of weight. Yeah. We've got all that figured out. All
2: right. And This yeah. is kind of <laughs> like how duck hunting on a pontoon is kind of like when you get on a little plane and they start saying, how much do you weigh? <laughs> oh, you go to the
1: back.
0: Most <laughs> of the blinds <laughs> or floaters are on logs, <coughs> cypress logs. And you got to distribute those you know the way they need to be widen them out not all that but the pontoons on these pontoon boats that's the one that I'm kind of fired up about because it doesn't rot at all right and it, it's aluminum
1: the wood doesn't
0: hold up aluminum so pontoons they, they're pretty good they don't rust or rot pretty good
1: so Jay you remind him of a story so we took a we took a mission group to Dominican one year. And there were about 20 of us, I mean, pretty big group. And so and of course we had to fly. And Gordon was in the group, Gordon, our uncle. And so he was he was not sitting with most of us were all sitting in the same area, sort of toward the back, but it was one of those situations, so they didn't have it quite you know balanced, right, I guess. So they were so the, the flight attendant comes on the thing and she says, uh, "We're going to need somebody to volunteer to move to the back." So would somebody between rows one through four go to the back? Well, nobody makes a move. And who would want to move Well, from right the front? A- and, and, it, and she said, you know, for weight distribution. So then you've also got that shame that what if I make a move? So, well, Gordon was the only one from our group that was up there. So everybody's looking up there. And there were there were like four people spread over those four seats. Nobody makes a move. And so she comes back on and she's like, uh, we need we're gonna have to have somebody, of course. I don't know why she's just gonna ask, but anyway, she goes back on things. She's like, we to need somebody to in the first in between rows two and four. So then she so now she's zeroing in. <laughs> and here's Gordo sitting there on row three, and he's not making a move. But we're so tickled in the back because he's not, I mean, obviously she's wanting him to move. Yeah. But she's trying to do it in a public way. And finally we just started we were like, uh, could the man with the fat head in row two A please come to the back? We're like, and the whole plane is just it's a small plane. Yeah. We are laughing so hard. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Finally, Gordon gets up and trundles back there. I was like, "I take that thirty foot walk of shame to the back of the plane. He just couldn't get it. He couldn't get it. <laughs> Called
2: <laughs> but, it's called like denial, but look as many problems as I've had on the airlines, it would be hard. I usually wait for the money to come up, with you know, because they're like, "We need someone to take the next flight. We will give you four hundred virtual dollars." You know, <laughs> nobody's moving. No, what, <laughs> what do you think? I said it's going to a thousand. <laughs> when it gets to a thousand, that's when people start moving, right. and it does. They, about. Five minutes later. I
1: saw one. We actually made it on the plane. I've never seen this before. And the guy comes on there, and we still hadn't settled this. So he starts Mm -hmm. doing it from the front of the plane.
2: Yeah, And
1: he gets up to $2,000. Yeah, And finally some guy gets up and runs up there. I mean, I guess he was just like, he said, I'm not really authorized to do this. It's such a bad system. They
2: they overbook it just in case, and then they start. They need
1: an auctioneer. That's right. Then anybody right. shows up for the day. Yep. The Jace, the last one I was on, the last trip I made, um, I never heard this one before. So the flight attendant comes on because the mask now is just like, and the guy comes on. Things uh, just a reminder: you need to have your mask on in between sips and bites. Yeah, because I mean, they just passed out some food, get some snacks, and I was like, in between sips and bites. Really? I mean, we're taking it yeah. off for the sip. <laughs> you got to put it back on. That's what he said. On the, that's That was the announcement. I thought, what in the world? I think I'd say, okay, so let me get this right. If
2: someone starts to, to die and we have to do CPR or mouth-to-mouth, would we have to put the mask on in between
1: <laughs> the mouth-to-mouth? Well, look, they've now... (laughs) This is where this kind of conversation... They've actually had to change the little thing. They say if the thing drops down, you know, put it on your nose and tighten it up, you know, for oxygen. Now they have to say, remove your mask first. As if somebody wouldn't know that, they would try to put it on over the mask.
0: The people that Jesus is talking to in Matthew, they loved the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. They they, they they live by the rules. Yep. And the same way in the human race out there, these people, they just love the rules. Yeah, They but, love but the rules. They make it, and you comply. It's something about a power trip, authority, whatever. I'm amazed that when Jesus picked these 12 people from all walks of life, I'm amazed that he gave them. It kind of works itself out by the time you get to the end they all hit the road but but he gave them more authority than i thought god would give up but with, you're right i think that's people, I that's mean.
1: why they were so enamored with his authority is because it seems to be human nature to to go towards tyranny yeah, whether to put yourself under it—that's right—or or other people to then be tyrannical over you. I mean, I mean it, and I think the pandemic has shown it more than anything I've ever really have.
2: No hope if you're lost and you're alone, and a pandemic breaks out. This is where it's going. Yeah, and and it it kind of. I mean, I, I don't get hot very often about the media because I don't watch the news like most people. But they keep lumping people in the South together, at anywhere from calling us murderers, you know, yep. some people for not wearing a mask, right. to just being the problem. And they don't realize as believers, when you read Matthew 8 and 9 here, we're going to wear the mask, most of us, for the love of country and, and fellow people and the vulnerable. We, we do it. But are we going to panic and go to this extreme right. about it? No. We're not because our faith and trust is someone who can heal this stuff in the just a flip people, of his fingers. People
0: fly on an airplane to go to the town where the football game is going to be played, <laughs> and they walk through a gate. And I watched it last night in Dallas, Texas, and a mighty throng came together About shoulder, shoulder to shoulder screaming, and and whatever fluids are coming out of their mouth. Mask or no mask, we're packed like sardines. There's one hundred thousand of us seated here. I had to ride an airplane with strict rules <laughs> to get there, and there was about forty on the plane. And I'm point. going to get within the range of a hundred thousand people drinking beer. <laughs> I, I'm looking around, saying, "I don't know. I think we're past the the, the mass stage." Well,
2: it's like right. the other <clears> night <throat> when North Carolina State beat. Clemson in overtime the whole crowd which was whatever 70 80,000 people
1: went on the field
2: went on the field and not only went on the field didn't like tried to get on the 50 yard line in the circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I thought Okay. They're
0: not if worried if about
1: that. If you were, ever going,
0: if you were ever going to spread something, go do exactly what they do with 100,000 people, and they run around like that. You say, that's the way to spread a disease, if you want to really spread it. So uh, something is not adding up here. Well, right? look, and this started last summer. By the way, I haven't watched the news since the election. Well, this started. This started. No news. I'm the, out of news. The
1: first summer of the pandemic is when this started. When We all commented on it then that you mentioned media days, these people were hundreds of thousands of people were getting on streets and and protesting on the BLM stuff. And everybody's "Oh, but this is a civil rights moment of our history. This is, this is important. It was almost like, well, pandemic doesn't really matter now. So I knew then this thing was just, look, it's not something to, sit around and be afraid of all the time. To Jace's point, I think that's... we. I don't live my life sitting around afraid of anything.
2: No, I mean, look, uh, most people have been courteous, but this is a free country, and and I'm not going to get bent out of shape, because, you
1: know, I went to
2: the grocery store yesterday. They have a sign that says, put your mask on. I put a mask on. When I went in there, 90% of the people did not have a mask on, and I was wearing one just because the sign said to have one, but Ain't nobody following that, but I'm not gonna sit around and start looking at everybody saying, "Hey guys, you're you're threatening the law." I'm just not gonna do it. I mean, at this point, we get it.
1: We know they came up. uh, Let's take a break. So you know, Dad, there's the old saying, "Crime doesn't pay." Remember the old saying, "You know, crime doesn't." I've heard that meaning that I guess you'll get caught up with. Well, actually, in some cases. Crime does pay because people steal things from you. And one of the things they steal, believe it or not, could be your home um, by going online and stealing your home title that is kept somewhere, you know, online. And these hackers come in and they get it. And not only do they steal the value of your home, they also get the equity. And that's, a, you know, for for many of us, that's one of our biggest assets. So you want to make sure you find out if uh, you still own your home. And the way you're going to be able to do that is you're going to go to HomeTitleLock.com, which is uh, one of our longtime sponsors. You're going to register your address, make sure you're not already a victim. You're going to receive a complete title history of your home, which is worth a 100 bucks if you were paying for that. But just by going there, they're going to give you that for free. So it's HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure you still have your home and your equity. They came up with the term, Dad, uh, for which is unfortunate for people named Karen. But they came up with a term. They called people because there was all these people that were like, you know, either confronting people or turning them in. Or mainly they were filming video like a guy was in Walmart. And, you know, he's just trying to find some paint. And so he's got a woman on each side of him, videoed him and then they're like why aren't you wearing a mask and he's like i left it in my car i'm just trying to get some paint and i'll be out of here in a minute i'm sorry i sorry i forgot my mask you're the reason and they're just like yeah 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 both from both sides of it and finally he just had enough and he stood up and he cussed them both out i mean, I mean each of them then he stormed out of the store and i just thought they call those people karens they they even now it's a name it'll probably wind up in the you know dictionary or lexicon about people that just not only do they think they should do it, but then if you're not, they're going to try to make your life miserable. I'm going to use it to incorporate these smooth faced people
2: that keep winding up in our duck blinds every year <laughs> that I didn't invite. I don't know how that keeps happening, but I'm no, going to I come up about with that. A mandatory. You got to wear a mask and wear the, a camo uh, mask in the blind. Let's let's jump on the fear of the nation and the current conditions. Cause they can't help but just ease that head out <laughs> from cause they want to watch. That's right.
0: So I'm like, either get some. Paint I never or those even wore a mask when I was playing, like I was Roy Rogers back in the you know, western. I, I didn't wear a mask. You know, if the crooks did, yeah, they the were bank bad, robbers, the bad guys. Yeah, that's bad, dude. To wear a mask. Well, somebody commented
2: on that now. Back in the day, if you wore a mask, you're a bank robber. Now, if you don't wear one, you're a
1: criminal. Yeah. Well, the first time, the first time they opened our bank back up here, I went inside and everybody had a mask on. And I was like, Does this seem weird to everyone in here? <laughs> like, all these people are in the bank, including the people who right there. I said, We're all in a bank wearing masks. I mean, at one time, this would have tripped an alarm somewhere and the West Monroe PD would have been, you know, banging on the door. Now we're just like, nah. Well, you now know. the bank robbers, they say, they send in a guy without a mask as a distraction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so, right. what would the and reasoning be? the Karens get on him. <laughs> so, what would the reasoning be? Okay, you can go to ball games where there's 80,000 to 100,000 fans, you don't need a mask. But you do need one if you I go in the grocery store. I'm, I'm say, not quite getting it. But they say
1: you you should wear one. They just don't when they get there. Yeah, they, there's people. The people, Dad, that still want to enforce this, they're saying those people are crazy. They're gonna yeah. kill us all. You know
0: what I'm thinking? I'm thinking money talks, and the, everybody else shoots the roost. Meaning, <laughs> meaning it's over for you. But I'm saying if you're gonna make that much money, they Why said. Why does you, that mean they that? added up all the numbers on the ball games? And they said, "This is what we lost because of this mass caper." And when they saw the figures, they said, "We we we got we we got to tell well, them."
1: Most people have just decided. I mean, seventy five percent of the country now has been vaccinated. Almost all older people have, and they just finally said, "You know, we're done with that." Yeah, and I get it. They just got tired of it. They've been vaccinated, so they they they're saying, "What little chance you had of it killing you?" Once you get vaccinated, that seems to go away, according to them. I don't even know about all that, but so there's most people just said, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to do that. And then there's a bunch of people that don't want to be vaccinated, which I'm like, so don't. I mean, it's up to you. you huh. I wouldn't make somebody put a medicine in their body. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't do that. I mean, at some point, what
2: what part of we're living in a free country does that? That's what, what, the what, idea. What, what, what does that mean? But look, look there's it, people doing crazy things that are not, you know,
1: illegal at this point, this point, and I'm like, hey, look, look know, people are but weird. you think is bad here? I mean, in Australia, which I feel like Australia is kind of like our sister country because, the, you know, they kind of escaped from the Brits like we did, had their own deal. But, you know, they gave up all their guns, you know. They had a, the old buyback, you know, a while back. Bad call because now down there, I mean, they've had very few deaths. I mean, I don't know how many people live in Australia. It's several million. They had like just a handful of deaths. They're under martial law or were. I don't know if they still are. Martial law. I mean, you can't go out. You can't visit your neighbors. You can't. What well, I can't figure out. They that. have cracked that. It's just there's complete a, tyranny.
2: There's way more people dying in, in accidents now now that we seem to you know, have a handle on it. With cell phone related car wrecks, mm-hmm. and we're not doing anything about that. I mean, at this scale yeah. level, where it. Just, I mean, I just drove back from Tennessee. I had one near wreck. Guess what? It was a woman on her phone driving about thirty five in the seventy mile an hour zone because she was on the phone. She was on the phone and didn't care. Right? I was just. I just laid on the horn. Look, she <laughs> never looked up. <laughs> I just, bah, <laughs> never, ignored, I thought, what, I mean, what, <laughs> pull over,
1: do this somewhere else, what, I almost hit you, nope, nothing. And you're right, what was it, 100,000 people, I think, like, near 100,000 people died from opioids, yeah. either, either OD or suicide, yeah. related deaths, I mean... I would say that's a pretty good crisis, but it doesn't, it's just like, eh, whatever. That's
2: why this is all the more powerful what we've been reading in Matthew on how Jesus was taking each instant of where people were vulnerable or outcast or had made mistakes or something not of their own. And he was bringing healing and hope. Right. I think Which. you're right.
1: And, and I think that when we got into the first of Matthew 9, and then I want us to hit a couple of these that we, that we skipped over last time, was that was the idea is that the idea of having your sins forgiven is more important than whether this guy would have ever walked again or not. That's right. Because in heaven, you're made whole. So, I mean, that's kind of the whole idea about the spiritual stuff. We didn't talk about the calling of Matthew, and I, I wanted to mention that because there's a couple of really cool things about that. And this is one of those cases, Jace, where I thought that Dallas and the Chosen has done such a good job because they've kind of fleshed out the idea of Matthew in a way that made mm. me think about him. And I've never really thought about him. So yeah, when... we talked about this one day when I think you weren't here on,
2: on a different podcast, but it's still it's worth bringing back up again because I and I agree with you. They did a they because you would have to be a kind of a weirdo to be right. a tax collector, but it's not what you think. Like an IRS agent today, I, mean, I actually know a couple that. Seem like decent human beings, even though, you know, I'm watching them. There's
0: but a lot back, of people back in who the, day, hate the
2: IRS. But back in the day, what they were doing, it was just downright corruption and extortion.
1: Right. And they were hated. Yep. Which, by the way, part of the new bill, uh, Biden's idea, he wants to add 80,000 more IRS agents. Oh, yeah. You know, so there you go. That's going to be that's going to be great for the country. So he 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 calls Matthew at his booth, and says, "Follow me." And then I've always thought it was amazing because he just gets up and he goes, which, in Matthew's case, I think more than even the other guys, because he's already talked about the fishermen earlier, you know, in Matthew four or five, and but Matthew is walking away from a lot both good and bad. I mean, you know he's excommunicated because of his... He's given up a lot of money. And he's getting yeah. up a lot of money and wealth well, and status. Well, what good is money really, Dave, if you're by yourself? And maybe dirt. that was part of it. So yeah. I I really have kind of imagined, again, the show's helped me this, I've kind of imagined that it was... I could see him both being
0: relieved to be walking away. Of course, he's going to Jesus who people... They're showing a man who's... Uh, uh, chosen kind of identified him as a little bit of an outcast. Right. I mean, he, he, people hated him. Right. I don't see how that couldn't be accurate. Yeah, me either. Yeah. And, and I
1: think it would have been, because think about it, he's in this day and age, Not only, and we don't like to pay taxes, but, I mean, they were taking these people, they taxed everything, and the Romans were getting a cut, and Herod was getting a cut, and this guy's getting a cut. And so these poor people are trying to run a business just like Peter, and, they, and they've done a good job of that on the show. You're trying to fish for a living. Can you imagine we fish for a living? And it was hard enough like it was for us, but you can imagine that you had four more entities trying to get some of your fish money. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, and yet that he was kind of the representative because he's the guy actually taking the money. We literally were but,
0: s- scrapping to make ends meet, and it was all predicated on the, sale or or no sale of fish yeah that i had to catch right i, mean, I think it was, it I, was I, tough. I think what makes matthew though
2: stand out is that he then talks about he he tried to convert some of his friends because right. they were at a party at his house and he invited his acquaintances and i mean i think that says something about, about his. Well, was, hang
1: on dan let's take a break So I mentioned one of the best things about living next door to your kids. One of the things that's not so great is they tend to come and borrow things and they don't bring them back. Have you ever had that happen, Dad, by family members, neighbors? More times than I <laughs> wish I could count. Rednecks that live up the road. <laughs> so one of the, the my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's a runner. And so I, she saw my, my Raycons, which are my earbuds, and uh, she said, Dad, what are these? And so those are my Raycons. I really like them. Well, next thing I know, I come back to get them. They're gone. And so now they're her Raycons. You know, she says, oh, I just love them. And I was like, yeah, but I never gave them to you. So I got me another pair uh, because they are fantastic. I told her happy birthday. Uh, These are great earbuds. They fit so wonderful. They got a built-in mic. And also you can answer your phone with one touch on them, which is really good. They're about half the price of other premium brands, but they're just as good, if not better. They offer eight hours of playtime. 32 hours of battery life, and they have a 45-day happiness guarantee. Jason, I knew you'd love that. Happiness yes. guarantee. So you get 15% off if you go to buyraycon.com slash unashamed. B-U-Y, buyraycon. R-E-Y-C-O-N dot com slash unashamed. Save 15%, and you
0: better hide them from your kids. It was a family of six. You two were there, and Willie and... Jeff, a family of six, Ms. K and I, and you four, operating on a thousand a month. I thought it was pretty remarkable that we were, it it ran rather smoothly, Al. (laughs) Well, you know, and people have asked me
1: that. Mom has always said stuff our whole, my early childhood. I was like, Mom, I never felt like I was, I didn't have exactly what I needed and wanted. I liked our lifestyle. I liked being able to fish, and we went out in the woods. We played. I mean, I mean, I don't it remember wasn't like any was, of y'all
0: ever sitting around singing the blues. No, saying, "Well, I don't have this,"
1: and I don't know. I just don't know if I didn't well, compare I didn't myself. Taught
2: you how to live off the land, which, what I realized at an early age, we were eating way better than most people. Just because most people go to fast food places, and what we're eating is way better than fast (laughs) food. (laughs) I go catch Opalus's cat, and I mean, there's there's this widow lady that lives next to me, and we did eat
0: a lot of wild game and fish. Oh yeah, Yeah. and the other night
2: I I had slipped over to Willie's pond, and but I forgot to anything to bring my fish in, which I thought maybe I won't catch any, and so I had three of the biggest crappie you've ever seen in your life on three of my fingers. I had it in their mouth. Yeah. And I, but it looked like I had some kind of weird jewelry system going <laughs> with just three fish coming out from a glove because you know, I'm allergic yeah. to a scaled fit, the outside of them. I eat them fine, but I can't touch it. So I have this glove on, one glove, because <laughs> I lost my glove on the <laughs> way over there. So I go, Michael Jackson, one glove with three fish. And I saw there's a widow lady that lives. Pretty close to us, which is part of uh, Willie's wife's family, and she was like, "What you got there?" <laughs> I said, "Supper," <laughs> and she was like, "That's just so manly."
0: Is you know what she said? Yeah.
2: <laughs> of course, I didn't. It didn't really register what she meant by that, you know. And then I thought, it just doesn't happen in our culture where somebody just gets up, goes and catches something, and is now going to clean
1: it and then eat and it. eat it. Yep. And like, and we did quite a bit of I guess, that. I guess it is manly. It, but I think you, you make the most of everything because we were doing that. We shot some a commercial down there the other day, and when we were walking back up from the old boat dock, you know, where we do the baptism and stuff. I was telling these guys, I was telling them this was our playground when we were kids. And they're looking around. I mean, there's trees and stuff has grown up now. And I was like, this was our football field right here. If we had extras over, we'd play football. And it was just a it was just a where you went down to the boat dock, but it was square and it was long. We played football there. I said, see that tree right over there? That was our backstop. That was our baseball diamond. We had made us a diamond. Of course you hit you know, if you pulled one too far, it went in the river. Remember (laughs) that? But you know, look, we're just I mean and then we had and I said there was our basketball court right over there where those mailboxes are. There used to be two trees there and we had a basketball go that you nailed up for us and we played basketball. We had a complete recreational area on the front two acres of our property. That's just what we did. Well we live in a cell phone, you
2: know, T V culture now where you just do stuff outside. Or, or, you know, catch fish or, you know, like to swim in the river. I mean, it just people gather up. You know, my other neighbor that lives right beside me, uh, used to be Willie's lawyer, he called me the other day and he's like, look, our neighbor across the pond from us, a tree fell in their backyard and they can't, they won't, but it's hung up on some other trees. I was like, well, look, look, you know, get a professional to get, I'm not going to lose my life
1: over this. Yes.
2: He's like, no, no, I already got that taken care of. But once it hits the ground, you know, in order for them to sell the house, we have to get rid of that tree, but it'll be in the edge of your yard across the pond. I was like, why are you calling me? He's like, well, I know you have chainsaws. And I was like, all right, fine. So I'll cut it up and then start a bust. Huge tree. So this has been about a three-day venture I've been on the last three days. But what I've noticed is the neighbors are, are watching. They're gathering up, and it's, ooh. Yeah, you know, the first time I hit the the biggest stump, you know, to bust it up, yeah, I had to hit it probably fifty times. Of course, they're watching, thinking it's not gonna break, but I I wasn't sure it was gonna bust. But after about that fiftieth time, it made that different sound, Boom. and I thought, oh gee whiz this was to me embarrassing because <laughs> <I> just thought <laughs> i was i was weak i was swinging as hard as i could
1: now and I was, you're performing so now. then
2: when i busted it look it was ooh ah <laughs> well i thought where are we at in our culture when the busting of wood is a neighborhood
1: watch event yeah. that's right you know yeah this that we're actually doing this as neighbors, but you know that was the thing about growing up down here, Dad. We were because our grandparents were there too, and everything was seasonal. You know, we we had school obviously, but when we weren't in school, there were different seasons and stuff we do. So you had the firewood mm-hmm. time, and we'd have to chop firewood. Oh, yeah. And then you'd have the time for when you did the garden. And so you you really kind of, we kind of lived there. I remember when we had
0: the old wooden heater in the living room. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, one of the biggest arguments, my wife,
2: we ever got in, you know, I hadn't cut any wood or whatever, and a front came in earlier than expected. Right. She loves a good fire. Well, she bought some wood at a grocery store. Oh, boy. And I was like, how much you pay for that? It was It was enough for one fire. And maybe a couple add-ons during the fire. And she said twenty-nine ninety-five. I like to fail out. <laughs> I was like do you remember the story about Jacob and Esau? I mean, you basically are selling out your birthright for a fi-
1: one fire when I can go get this. But what's, <laughs> what's funny is it wasn't about that you couldn't afford it; it was just the principle that you. It's the principle
2: you don't buy firewood in a grocery store to convenience store. You know, it sounds it?
1: like that. It sounds like our ne- your neighbor Riley. He would never let Shirley eat fish. At any restaurants in
2: town. Well, now
1: I I thought
2: that was going too
1: far, <laughs> and, and she and the reason why was because I don't want somebody to see you eating fish, thinking I'm not catching fish.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I remember him saying that. I, I thought, mean, that was a real rule okay, in their head That's a bit extreme, <laughs> but I see your point.
0: <laughs> now that's all that's over, catching the fish to survive went on for about a decade, probably a little longer. Uh now I look around and say, One i don't know how I pull that off two i don't want to do that no anymore
1: <clears throat> well let's uh, let's take another break we'll... jay's one of the best things about living next door to a son in law who knows how to grill is that sometimes I come home to a nice, thick, juicy steak that someone else has cooked for me perfectly yeah. I mean yeah. I like cooking my own, but it's even better when you got somebody that can cook it. And Jay's really good at cooking it. And so one of the things we've been eating a lot of lately, uh, because we we get food and beef and chicken from a, a company, a sponsor of ours called Good Ranchers, they have great American craft beef. It's all grown right here in the USA, which is really good. So you know it's been taken good care of. It comes straight to our house. We get a package that shows up with different meats in it that we let them know kind of what we want. So we subscribe. It's really good. You save 20% off of each of their uh, meat boxes. if When you subscribe, the cost basically goes down to $5 a meal. Uh, you get an additional $20 off in free express shipping. If right now you'll go to goodranchers.com slash fill or use the code fill at checkout. That's $20 off. Free express shipping at GoodRanchers.com. Get you some good American-grown beef. We were filming that commercial. And we were using some hoop nets, and and we do still like you. You put out a couple last year. Jay's does sometimes, yeah. but I well, thought it's about fun. It, it's fun. But I did yeah. think about Jay's now in our current lives the way they are. We were just kind of using our past life as a prop, you know. I mean, it was like we're really not. You can tell we are no longer dependent on that. <laughs> That's wow. right. I could tell that dad by
2: the Let by me, the, Jay, how many holes were in those net. I hate to tell wheels. you, if you go out there and put eighty nets out again. Some of us will be dead before the end oh, of that's month. It. Oh yeah. I mean that stuff will kill you. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. dangerous. Is that when you find that your emerging is a scale fish? <laughs> I used to just after the we had run the nets. I remember several occasions I would just lie in the boat and just float down and just like, oh, I'm glad that's over. It, it was like a seal, <laughs> <laughs> and I was young and in shape back then. I mean, it's a tough way to make a dollar. Oh, I'm telling you. So
1: um, I don't know what man we went off the reservation there, but I guess we were talking about taxes is what led us down that road. But I do think it's interesting that it sparked the question that we've talked about before, and I think kind of probably one of the first major criticisms of Jesus from the Pharisees. About his association with people that they deemed not associable.
0: Plus, I've looked at this. So, what are y'all's answer to this? To transfer I think Jason hit on it, and it might it made more sense to me. I've always sort of marveled at the transfer of power. Uh, look, heal this. Get out. That's just Matthew chapter ten. First few verses. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near, which is the hallmark of why why we all know the kingdom is here and we're it. Heal the sick, he told them. A lot of transfer of power there, Al. Raise the dead. Way a whole lot of transfer of power. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons so to Jace's point earlier in another podcast here, when, when Jesus came down and said, basically, this is going to be an exercise of what it's like with God with us. Well, to transfer that kind of power is the only explanation that he was really with us because mm-hmm. these are, a lot of them are unschooled, ordinary men like fish commercial fishermen and now we're gonna start raising people from the dead and healing them of leprosy like that. But mm-hmm. well, just think of that. I think most we underestimate how much power he gave those disciples. Right. That's exactly right. And they had a they had a rough time of it. <laughs> right. And there were
1: some things they couldn't. But I mean, these
0: are the people that ran out on him when it came time for the for the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And you just think. But I, I'm just amazed that he would allow them with that kind of power,
1: and and it had to have been a uh, it had to have been a temporary, um, what would you call it? Yeah. A temporary use of it because they didn't get fully empowered until the Day of Pentecost. But well, it, was, it was almost like a little like a test run. It was like a phenomena. Right. But he
2: says when he gets down to verse 19 of chapter 10, he kind of explains this because he says when you, when they are, because he's like, look, some of y'all you are going to be handed over. You're going to be flogged. You're going to be handed over to governors. And then 19, it says, they'll arrest you. Don't worry about what to say or how to say at that time. You'll be given what to say for it will be, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So he was, you know, because our our deal is the Spirit was poured out or made available.
0: I would and, think and, and they would Acts be chap- fearful of what they just heard. He, go out and well, here's yeah. what's... Yeah,
2: in Acts chapter 2, you know, the Spirit was made available for, for all people. There's no doubt it was poured out in a powerful way, wind yep. and fire. And But there's also instances the Holy Spirit was working since he was hovering over the mm-hmm. waters in Genesis chapter 1. I mean, he was with John the Baptist... From birth, he was in various situations, and in this case, Jesus asked his disciples for help because he said he had just said, "The harvest is is ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest." Which I've heard many sermons people doing this modern day, but he was actually saying, "I need some help," because if you notice, if you look at big picture Matthew. Chapter 9 in verse 35 through 38 is almost identical to chapter 4 in verse 23 through 25. It's almost the identical paragraph. So right before the Sermon on the Mount, if you go back to chapter 4 in verse 23, it says, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So you fast forward to chapter 9 and 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Well, he says the exact same thing. Which That was his ministry. Mm. He taught. He proclaimed or preached the good news that the kingdom is near and what that meant, and he was doing this healing. Well, then he says, I need more workers. And it, to me, it's kind of like when he was on the Sermon on the Mount, sharing what he, what you know, saying what this is all about. Then he shows them what it's all about. And then the next level is they joined him in what it was all about right. through the yep. Holy Spirit. Because yep. the first thing he tells them is, look, now don't go to Samaria or to the Gentiles. Well, we've already, we've already established that he was for all people because he just, had the episode with the Romans Mm -hmm. in turn. So why was he doing that? And I think he was just making a concerted Mm -hmm. effort in Galilee, like we read in Matthew four of the people that had the law and was in the middle of all this. He was like, let's make a concerted effort to see how many of them we can help. Um, Let's take a last break.
1: But it also, it also could have been for the twelve. To, to understand what was going to be expected of them. Because, look, they're fairly new. We're early in the game here. Yeah, They followed him. They're watching him do this stuff, and they're amazed like everybody else and astonished. And now all of a sudden they turn to them. It's like, you know, when the first time, Dad, the first time you uh, decided to teach me how to drive, you know, you just pulled over at the Harvest Foods and got out, walked around to my side of the truck, and I'm like, well, what are we doing here? I'm 14. Yeah. He was like, Time to time to give it a whirl. So from, I drove home from the meal with that stew. Well, I also I'm just sitting and watching people drive. I mean, I wasn't thinking now's my time until you said, All right, but this is time the, to drive. This is the, the same
2: order we all go through as Christians. Look, you hear the word. At some point you hear the word. Now you it may get like in my case, it got my attention that you and mom came to the Lord. So I saw the transformation, I saw creation, but at some point I heard I was introduced to Jesus. Right. Well, then as I started studying and I started reliving these types of moments where he's helping people, he's healing people, and he ultimately dies and he's buried and raped. But I literally visualized him, demonstrated through the Bible. But I pictured it in my mind as a real historical occurrence. Well, then I'm like you. We pulled over. I've given the reins to Jesus. You know, which is what we talk about—repentance and baptism—but then you actually work via the Holy Spirit and become like Jesus. All those verses says, "I want to become like Him in His death," and and I think that's that's what that's what happens. Now we focus on more the spiritual, but like I say, the I think the physical needs and the praying for other people and the having compassion on those who are down. And you know, I got some people in my phone who I've met through either Make-A-Wish or various things that we did as a as a last wish before they die, who haven't died yet. I have some of these people on my phone, and I'm, I'm, I have relationships with them. And you say, well, why are you doing that? Well, I got that from Jesus, because these people, to me, are more heroic because they're suffering and have every reason to quit, but they continue to just... Yeah, especially those that are believers that are that
0: are doing this. You know, right in the middle of all this, all men, uh, ten twenty two, will hate you. I would have thought he said, "Look, there's going to be a percentage out there that's going to hate you." He said, "All of them will hate you. Right. All will hate hate you because of me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you're when you're persecuted in one place, flee to another." <laughs> I mean, he's saying, look, if it gets too too hot to handle, get out of there, run, go to another place. I mean, if I had been one of the listeners around the fire when we're talking on the edge of a hill and he's telling me this, if I'd have been one of them, I'd have been looking around like, Whoa, we, 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 we're, we're into some serious... There's serious downside to what we're fixing to do. Well, and, and Jay's <clears throat> made the point. I mean, think about how many Jesus can maybe gather up if he visited us now. You know, All right, boys, here's where it's going to be. You know, right? You know, get ready to flee from one city to the other. They're going to hate you here. I mean, there's a there is a lot of hatred. So Jay's out made there, the point
1: that Jesus seems to limit them to to just Israel, and not only just Israel, but just the core of Israel. And I think that's true. And Jay's one of the reasons. Another reason why that's true is, you know, Matthew, he takes a whole chapter going through what Jesus told him to do when he sent him out. If when you read in Mark six and Luke nine, the same account of this episode in both those other two books, which you know, Luke's was primarily to Gentiles, you know, because that's who he was dealing with, and Mark was Peter's version of it. But when you read this. Matthew's version of it, a whole chapter, the other two paces, four verses. They don't give you any of this yeah. that Matthew did. So Matthew, in his telling of everything was said, the other ones just took one little piece out. You know, just go and don't take any money with you. And that that was the only part they recorded. But Matthew goes through this whole speech yeah. that he gives them. And so I, I think there had to be a reason why he felt like that was important. And we've already established. His audience was definitely the core, Judy, you know, It's specific.
0: So, he said, "Go rather to the lost uh, sheep of Israel. Right. Don't go among the Gentiles." Well, that's of the spaghetti. verse 5.
2: right? But he also, I think, to get to the point of showing us how this would work, that God uses flawed people to share the glory, you know, of God, is that he lists them. He lists the disciples all in like pairs of two, because he said, "I'm going to send you out."
1: Two by two,
2: two, but he. So it's interesting to me to see who is paired with who because I feel sorry for uh, Simon the Zealot. He had Judas, well, he had Judas at the end, (laughs) and he's like, if you watch the Chosen, the Simon the Zealot, which I don't know, they're they're being created there, but they have him like coming from this revolutionary, right? ideology, I guess, of, of, like, taking things by force, you know, and so here he is with you. What
0: a pair that is. You yeah, know? let's whip the Romans. Well, right. <laughs> which, 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 would have been, which was true.
2: Look, I I mean, I'm not saying I, I disagree, because I, I think that was going on to some degree. in, in the,
1: Yeah, in I think another interesting thing is that Thomas was paired with Matthew but his what I think maybe was his brother, because they, he was a son of Alpheus, and so was James, even though he never mentions that they were brothers. But the other one's like James and John went together, Peter and Andrew went together, the brothers went together. Yeah. But if these guys were kin, which they maybe they weren't, maybe they both had a dad mm-hmm. named Alpheus, but I was like, that seems kind of weird that you would have these brother combos. But he didn't put them together. I yeah. think uh, though there's a principle here that we miss in modern
2: churches is that what led to this is that verse in 37 in chapter nine, where he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And, and some of these disciples, they don't have that glamorous of profiles in the Bible. I mean, some of them seem to have small roles. Well, that doesn't mean anything. We don't know what all they did. Even when they said a recording about Jesus, remember what John said? He said, look, if we had written down everything that happened, There wouldn't be enough books in the entire world. So, in even these guys, same way. But I think the obscure thing that I said that modern churches miss a lot is really these people that are not noticed very much in the churches,
0: they're the ones doing all the
2: work. And they're not making a big deal about it because they're humble and they just get
0: it. Someone said 20% of churchgoers finance The entire bulk, yeah, like ninety five
2: percent of the
0: the contribution. I've heard twenty percent are actually their money
2: out. I've heard lower percentages than that, (laughs) you know. But I mean, that's true. But I mean, doing the actual work day to day. What if you wanted to be like Jesus's ministry, which is why I brought up the two paragraphs that are similar. That was what he did. Well, if you wanted to have Jesus's ministry, you're going to have to get out of that church bill. Yeah. It's This is a lot of work. You yeah. talking about going around? I mean, the there's a whole chapter in chapter ten of everything that we're doing. And I mean, we're actually putting ourselves in danger here, getting arrested, and trying to, you know, shake up the man here. What? What? What are you? Well, praying? I think I think the
1: most harsh part of the passage was thirty two, two through thirty nine, when Jesus basically tells them, "Look, I mean, my our message." Is not is going to divide families. It's going to divide people. Oh, it is. I mean, that's which a, is a
2: controversial
1: verse. It but it's is really but it,
2: not. He's just uh, saying if you put your faith and trust. We in see me, it. Some we've people it are not coming with us. There's going to be it. families divided over this. We've but, seen one
0: re- child make it, and the grandpa and grandmother didn't. The mom, dad didn't. It's just one of about ten of them. We see it all the time. But you
1: got to remember, in their context, we we talked about this on that John nine episode. When Jesus healed the blind guy, and then they pull the parents in and start grilling them, and they're like, I, We don't know what I, I mean. He was blind, we, we know he was blind. We don't, they they wouldn't even defend him, and they kicked them all out of the synagogue. Well, that's that's what he's talking about. These yep. people are going to be ostracized from Judaism because they've accepted Christ. But to me, that's the hardest part of this message that they had to go out. It's hard to tell people. But he like
0: did that. encourage them, you know, well, he, Stephen, he, the guy he, from. Jerusalem. The other day, talked to us, and he did make the point, 30 million, 30,000 million, 30, Christians are in Jerusalem, and the rest are either in Judaism From, uh, or Islam. Yeah, uh, Islam. But he, he did thirty thousand yeah. left. He brought That's up that
1: uh, not
2: many? He brought up the same point that he mentioned in Matthew six about saying, "Are not two sparrows sold for a penny?" and Yet yet if one of them falls to the ground, your father knows about it. And a famous verse, I just feel like we should mention it, is in 1030 where it says, and even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So don't be afraid, you are worth more. So he did say it's going to be dangerous, it's going to be, but he's also saying, my father knows how many hairs are on your head.
0: Fast forward 2,000 years, Al, from when this was written. The Jews pretty well, I love them. That my, I'm my salvation's from the Jews, but let's face it out. They dug in their heels, and they're still dug in. Yep. As a, as a, as a, as a group. Right. Right.
1: Zachariah. Exactly which is why you have a lot of people still trying to share well, Jesus. Was the guy you were talking well, about? Well, First yep. Corinthians
2: fifteen. If Christ hadn't been raised from the dead, we're all in trouble. Exactly right. And the faith is futile. Futile.
1: Yep. All right, we're done. We're
2: out of time. Later, dudes.